0: all right we are joined by the preeminent voice in marvel snap the biggest marvel snap youtuber cozy gamer who i remember from the beta way back in the day with his little charmander uh salute a little little twitch emote i remember that that is like my overriding memory of cozy and since then, he has become the most prominent Marvel Snap content creator. 100K on YouTube, making the best thumbnails in the scene, the best content in the scene, the best production value in the scene. Recently hosted Conqueror's Mama Mia. Posey Gamer, welcome.
1: Oh, man. Not, not deserving of that, uh, that entrance, man. That, that intro. I appreciate it. Uh, man, what a... What a year, or almost year. I guess a full year since I've actually known of your existence uh, yeah, back in the, you were in the beta. beta days.
0: Yeah, you were oh, around.
1: Like the glory days, the glory days. Uh, yeah, excited <laughs> to be here, guys. I know, uh, I, you know, I've... I think I've, I've listened to a couple, uh, episodes here and there and, uh, love what, uh, what you guys bring to the table. You guys have been doing this now,
2: what, uh, uh, like eight, nine months? Yeah. We're on episode 34 right now. I mean, it's really, it kind of just, it speeds right by. One thing I want to ask you, Cozy, just so I can get people, if there is somebody that happens to be living under a rock listening to this podcast, doesn't know who you are. I want to set a foundation, uh, for some of the listeners out there. When I think about Marvel Snap and I think about Cozy, I think, you're just like the Marvel, you're Marvel Snap's golden boy to me, right? You're the zero to hero story in Marvel Snap for content creation and sort of that pillar that I think a lot of new content creators in Marvel Snap aspire to sort of get to, to get on that level, or at least, you know, you're just a great example to people starting out because you really did start from such humble beginnings back before Marvel Snap. So our weekly question section from our listeners is called the Bend and Snap. This week, it's me asking you, I just want to hear a little bit about that co- cozy lore here about your background maybe a little bit about your content creator journey before marvel snap and now how you got to where you are to this day oh well i appreciate appreciate that man that, that means a lot
1: uh yeah you know it's uh it's it's crazy to see where everything's gone i mean i tell people all the time um uh, just a dude right just a dude that loves uh snap and and content creation so uh yeah man i mean going going way back uh you know i was in hotels and hospitality is what I kind of went to college for and uh, what I fell in love with uh, growing up. And yeah, I just love people, right? And I uh, uh, did that for, for a while. And uh, then, a, you know, 2020 hit, right, guys? And uh, COVID obviously changed uh, an industry that was untouchable in a sense. Hotels kind of, everybody always needed hotels. And it took away something that I loved, and that was the people interaction. Um, I remember being the only guy on the, on the highway for a while. It was crazy. And so... You know, with that, um, it, you know, I had to lay off uh, 100 plus people. It was crazy. It was a wild time. Um, and it, again, it zapped what I loved a little bit. And, and I was starting to think, okay, I've always loved hobbies. I've always uh, loved learning something new. And I thought to myself, I love people. I think I might try YouTube. I think I might YouTube. I think it's a fun thing to do that I can do at home fresh into the uh, pandemic, right? Uh, so I, I get home open up the door and I say, uh, I had my wife sit down and I said, uh, actually fiance at the time, I had her sit down. I said, I need you to, I need you to look at this. And I pull up a gaming YouTuber, which is even a harder sell outside <laughs> of a YouTuber. It was a, it was a, a gaming YouTuber. And uh, I said, I think I can do this, but even better. And this was about four years ago, five years ago. Well, four years ago, I guess, three, three, I don't know, whatever.
0: Um, Time's not real post-COVID. It like it it ruined everyone's sense of when things happened.
1: Yeah, were, uh, were you guys where you are now when the pandemic hit? Like uh, location in, wise, lo- yeah, yeah, location wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I knew nothing, guys, uh, and, and and KM, I think, uh, and Brendan, you as well. Listen, guys, uh, talking to nothing right here, talking to a camera. It, it is, it's a weird skill. It's a weird thing to learn. There's no way yeah. you can be prepped on it, right? I don't care how big of a public speaker you can be. This is a hard hard thing. Uh was it hard for you guys learning how to talk to a camera? I mean, it's no. a biz- it's
2: definitely a bizarre experience, right? Especially when you're solo. When you do a podcast and you sit with other people, you actually just have an Organic conversation. It's funny going from a podcast to trying to record a YouTube video is wildly different. It's a, it's an entirely different skill because we can just talk to each other here on the pod and it feels relatively natural. There might be a camera. There might be a light somewhere, but you, you generally don't notice it to put a camera in front of your face and try to like pseudo read off a script and put out something that you doesn't make you cringe so hard. You immediately want to delete it. That is a hard skill. One thing I want to ask you, Cozy is so you made that career change, you know? pretty, pretty drastic career change. Did you see success right off the bat? know I mean, you mentioned maybe four years ago, what was it like once you finally sort of dove into it? Did you ease into it a little bit or you just go, boom, I'm switching careers, I'm doing this. And then what was sort of the success path, success path? Like?
1: Yeah, for sure. If I would have just gone all in, I think my wife uh, or my fiance would have left me, right? I mean, obviously it's a weird, it's a weird thing because it's a hobby, uh, for everyone. When you go in, it should be at least, uh, anyone, and I can talk about this later, but I think anyone that goes into it for the wrong reasons of trying to be big, big and make money, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. If that's the reasons you're going in for it, uh, the, the personality you need to have you need to be obsessed with something. Right. And in anything, I like to be the best at what I do, right? Like that's just been how I've been built. I played sports growing up. I've had this competitive nature to do that anyway, but with myself, not others. Right. So I, I told myself if I was going to pick this up, I'm going to go all in and see they're all or nothing. Right uh fun fact worst time to pick up content creation because uh covid everybody needed webcams all these companies were scourging for for mics and and dude i could get nothing i I, you know if you go to my first video i ever made i was using a snowball mic that wasn't plugged in and my phone on a selfie stick and i was reading a script straight up and uh sounded like i was in like a like an echo chamber i mean it was it was terrible
0: um, Can I ask about scripts real quick? I want to dive yeah, into yeah. that, right? Because, like, I, your content, it comes off personable, right? Because of you. My content comes off personable because I actually don't script it. I just talk about it, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering, like, the degree to which I have comfort doing what I do is because I'm very comfortable doing that. Is that just doing it wrong?
1: Um, Listen, I don't think there's any right way to do it. I, I think to answer that, I'll go back to what you were saying about YouTubing and streaming. Uh, YouTubing, streaming, podcasting, uh, shorts, are all uh, stage presentation and casting. These are all different fields uh, with a variety of different talent and slash skills. Um, I would say the jack of all trades is being a live streamer because you're a little bit more on your feet. You can be a bit more quick uh, when it comes to readiness there. Um, it depends on the content creator you want to be. Uh, people think I script... Uh, I, I don't. I actually don't script. I have bullet points. I have things that I, I, I obviously that I do a little research. I've tried scripted and, and it comes off scripted, right? It comes off yeah. uh, salesy almost. It's why I tell sponsors, I like, hey guys, I'm not going to read something. I can't. I, 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 it, it kills the way I, <laughs> I do it. So it just depends. It depends on the creator you are. If it helps you, you know, sure, do it. Um, I will say um, B-roll. If you're going to show something full screen, then scripting is great because you can really nail down what you're trying to say in the shortest time possible. Um, uh, if that answers your question, but it just depends on what helps you. I think I started scripted a little bit and then edged out of it. The more comfortable I got in front of the camera.
0: Right. Cause like I, I have a, what I'm gathering is an abnormal degree of comfort, just saying stuff. Like, <laughs> I think uh, I think a lot of people don't have that comfort. Just like being like, yeah, I'm going to say stuff. What if, if, Oh, it looks cringe? Well, OK, like yeah. I have yeah. I have a lot of comfort in in that. So like when Brendan talked about like putting something out there that you uh, won't want to immediately delete. I mean, I have I, I and I am serious when I say this. I've never watched any of my stuff back. I, I never, ever have. I have yep. done it to the best of my ability and I never watch it back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly common, actually. Surprisingly common of creators. Uh, It's hard to hear yourself because Mm. you typically hate yourself speak. It's just a natural Mm -hmm. ingrained in humans. Um, Damn, you guys don't listen to your
2: own podcast before you fall asleep? Man, it must be weird, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt because <laughs> we're Cozy, just on I'll, a loop at Brendan's house. I want to s- bring something up because we've talked to a few other content creators, a few other colleagues even um, on this podcast. And there's one adjective that comes up when people talk about you. I don't even know if this is an adjective, it might be an advert, but it's hardworking. Nice. People always talk about your work ethic and they say that you work harder than almost, you know, maybe, let's say, almost anybody in the industry right now, specifically in the niche of Marvel Snap what sort of What sort of drives you to constantly be on the cutting edge when you are just competing against yourself, like you said?
1: Yeah, you know, I think first of all, goal setting is super important, right? like i when I set out, I had like smaller goals, but uh, of course, like I always have I never want to be complacent, right? So I am, in a sense, uh back then and now in a battle with myself. I think I let in with mm-hmm. that, the competitive drive uh, uh with myself. I mean, this is what it boils down to. It's not, and I appreciate the the comments of people saying that. Uh, Listen, I've said this scenario before, but I think everybody in life is good at a couple of things. Better than other people, and those things, right, they fuel you up when they tire other people down, okay? And this could be a million things. That could be going to the gym. That can be a finance job. Like, there's things that I hate to do that other people excel at, Invite you know if you've ever looked at someone who is great at guitar and you're like how do you sit there mm. and learn the songs so often I get bored whatever it is in YouTube the cool thing about it is you can take whatever those two things are that you're good at that other people aren't that fuels you and does not fuel them and you can make a channel off it right like that is the coreness behind it and if you do that you're gonna have the passion you're gonna have the drive and and the motivation will naturally come with it mm. uh, and. That's boiled down to the simplest degree of of what my advice is for YouTubers typically. What are those skills?
2: I think one of the hardest things when people go on a sort of entrepreneurial solo venture is accountability, right? Because when you don't work for somebody else and you are maybe building a YouTube channel or something like that, you don't necessarily have to do the things that you maybe put on your calendar every day, right? And to be the person yeah. that's organized, pumping out the content, staying on schedule, and ultimately that's what leads these channels to grow as big as the ones that you have, that seems to be the special something that maybe everybody doesn't have. I mean, it's really, it's easy to see the top creators and see the the charisma, right? What looks to be the natural on-camera talent or they're just, they're a great competitive player, etc. But I feel like the people that really stand out are the people that have sort of integrated that accountability into their schedule and they're able to actually put their nose to the grindstone and do it every single day cuz really nobody's 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 keeping you accountable except for yourself right you could yeah. technically you know just take a day off take it off here take it easy but i see multiple creators especially in the marvel snap space yourself uh, alex snapster daily videos like this is just the most ridiculous niche and vertical to compete in but you guys are doing daily videos high quality thumbnails new decks etc it's just like how do you motivate yourself consistently to do that i think a lot of people they they look at the youtube or full-time job as this sort of idealistic thing to maybe want to do but they don't understand the sort of ingredients that it takes with the day-by-day grind can you just talk a little bit about that
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll start with that. I, uh, so I was a director, right? So I had a lot of management experience, and so uh, I've told. Uh, I have kids that ask me all the time, and they like, "I want to be a YouTuber." That's the new things kids say, and I want to like shake Timmy by the head and just be like, "You don't. You really <laughs> don't," right? because I mean, I'm working 15 hours a day, and that, that's way less than I was working prior. Uh, I, I can tell you that. And you could clock in, you could clock out. Ultimately, the business is on someone else's shoulders. It's a completely different scenario. Um, there's a few factors. First of all, I have I have a wife now, a kid. Yeah, uh, I've had this for three years. That's an easy motivation. I'm like, hey, if I don't if I don't do this, uh, what am I doing? What, I'm wasting everybody's time, right, including my, my wife's. But um, you know, it's it's funny. Um, it's a two part question. You have motivation, but then you also have the daily upload, right? Um, the motivation for me, uh, I didn't go into my whole story, but for me, man, I I I love the game number one but i love building things that are interesting and new and so for mm. me that keeps me excited to do uh, a new a new video a, a, a new thing but you've got to be you've got to be meticulous on scheduling you got to be meticulous on yourself and you're your own boss man and you should be the hardest boss you'll ever have is kind of what it you know mm. uh,
0: it boils down to there uh, overall i gotta follow up yeah. you say you work 15 hours a day How long does it take for you to edit one of your videos normally?
1: (laughs) I've gotten better over time. Uh, So actually, when I started like fresh out, uh, the one thing I told myself was thumbnails, editing, I'm going to do it all myself so that I can learn how to do it. And every single time, I'm going to try to bring something in that's better than the time before, right? And now my old channel had about 300-plus videos. I don't even know what I'm at now. So I've had like 500-plus videos now doing it every single time, right? And I've gotten better and better. When I first started with Snap content it was probably 10 plus hours to really learn these deck guides that I was trying to do, uh, which was probably too much at the time. Uh, Nowadays, man, uh, I can do something that looks like 10 plus hours in two hours.
2: Uh, It tops. I have a hypothetical question. If I knew somebody, let's say a close friend of mine, maybe a close friend for 34 weeks and they were considering, or maybe they had made the choice to go full time. What is some advice you would give to them when they make that switch because it is it's it's a it's a small switch because you're still doing the same thing right you're still doing you're still mm-hmm. doing content but it's also a gargantuan switch right now you are your own boss now everything is on your shoulders what advice would you give to that person
0: that's a solid uh, hypothetical i wish i knew someone in that position <laughs> dude let's get the congrats in order
1: man uh I, i'm ex- are you km how do you feel how does it feel uh, like genuine feel emotions like-
0: I I don't know. Everyone is so excited, but for me, I just feel I don't know the right way to phrase it. I feel. Hunger, right? I am somewhere right now where I can grow and I want to do that, but I feel this hunger and it's like, well, I don't know where to find the food, Mm. so I have to go out and forage, right? For the last year or so, I've been half and halfing it, right? And now I am lucky enough, thanks to my community That I can at least like go to my go to my girlfriend and be like, look, this is actual money. It's not like the most money. It's not the most money. It's not as much money as I was making when I was doing both. But it is some amount of money. We can pay our rent with this money. We can buy food with this money. And the potential for growth is noticeable, right? And but right now, like I'm in I'm in a state where everyone is like, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. And I am wholly focused on that hunger because I can't just go full time and keep doing the same things I've been doing. I have to go full time and make use of that time. And that's the hard thing for me, like is figuring out how to do that. So like the first couple things I did is like, all right, I, I set up a VOD channel I set up tips. I set up a business email. I talk to an agent like these are things that I have been doing. Right. And but in terms of my content, it's just with all due respect, it's daunting. I watch your stuff and it's like, oh, man, that's a lot of expertise that I have to compete with there in terms of the presentation and the delivery and the content itself. And it's like I, I want to. I have that hunger to improve, but I I genuinely, I don't know exactly where that energy is going to be directed. Uh, At a baseline, I want to be streaming every day. Like, obviously, that's a pretty easy upgrade to make, but I need to do more than that, I feel like, if I want to really compete.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, You know, a couple layers to break that down. I mean, first of all, I did uh, full-time. I was not full-time for a year and a half, so I consecrated and I did my hotel job. And the only thing it gave me more of was sleep kind of like when I went full-time, like people like congrats. I'm like, yeah, I'm like not going to be a zombie now. And I can kind of like (laughs) figure out ground one. Right. Uh, and and so you're right when it's not like anything, you know, it's not like all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I've got this plan, this vision. Um, first of all, when it comes to like advice, I mean, I would say a, a, a big thing is your whole day needs to be it it doesn't need to be as crazy, like uh, military, like as you think, as far as like scheduled out, but you don't just have like, I'm going to flip on a camera, pick a deck and see how the day goes. Like, it's just different. Right. So for me, I've got like dedicated hours to go through, you know, uh, whether that's like communications of emails, talking with sponsors, planning days ahead. And then also like big projects, small projects and medium projects and really running off uh, of that. I call them like, I have daily vitamins, which is like stuff I do daily. And then I have stuff that I need to do in five, seven days, things like that. Um, but the, the thing that you said there, it's interesting, right? Like a lot of people ask me uh, lately, like what, uh, I don't know if I can ever do your content. It's like, don't do your content. That's not the, or my content, the one to two things that I'm good at might be different than yours. And if production's one of mine, great. That means that you need to put more effort into the one and two things that you really love, right? The scenario I love to give is, uh, this is one of the best things I've ever heard in life as a metaphor. You know, if you go to the mall and you want a burger, all right, a picture the mall has in Snap, let's say 500 burgers, I don't know, places that you can grab one from. And then you've got five guys. You're going to go in the mall. Hopefully you guys like five guys. I know it doesn't really matter. But you're going to go into that mall and you're going to be like, cool, I'm going to go to five guys. I'm probably not going to go to another burger place because... Why? I know five guys. It's right there, right? So you're going to have it. Well, let's say that you're able to almost perfectly copy five guys. Almost to the T, right? You almost, you got their fries, you got their burgers. Six guys, five and a half guys, right? Here's the deal. People are still going to go to five guys, probably. doesn't matter if you're the same because you're not five guys at the end of the day, right? But if you made a sushi burger, if you made a burger that was a little bit, whoa, hold on. That guy put sushi in a burger... How did that go? How how does that work? And this is a true story in San Francisco. uh, It blew up. That is the big difference. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was overhyped, but it was something different. (laughs) It was something different. It was something different. And that's the whole point of this, right? So it's like, don't spend your time trying to be someone else. Be unique. Figure out what you're good at and then drive it home, man.
0: Yeah, I, I know some basic stuff that I can do better, which is like edit out the dead time in my games, stuff like that that'll keep the time down focus on like what times for various videos go well. I actually noticed that you and I do a pretty similar thing and it's actually gotten to the point where people now ask me to do the thing you do, which is like the turn by turn stuff. Yeah. Cause like what I do is I go through the roles each card has in the deck. And so people are like, okay, well what does my ideal turn order look like? And I was like, you got that from cozy. Mm. You, <laughs> you got that from cozy. That's not a thing I think about ever. That's a thing that cozy. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, You've infected uh, the lexicon of, of Marvel Snap. Like listen, people ask for that. The,
1: the thing that's so important that people just can't. I don't know why people forget. The, the average Marvel snapper is very casual, so like people do not know something that comes so second nature, right, to us yeah. or to people that play a lot of the game, and and it's crazy that it's easy to assume that, right? Uh, I'll say one off comments on uh, time to time. I'll say. Yeah, infinite seems to be getting so much easier to get and people are like dude i'm dying over here and i don't <laughs> connect that right uh so it is important to, to remember that but uh yeah you definitely don't need a daily upload I, I, I don't think so i don't think you need a daily upload i don't think you need to bottom line i'm going on a tangent but bottom line is if you're a brand new creator make videos like one of your videos is going to pop off and if it popped off would it do well and is anyone going to return to your content that's mm. as simple as it gets. Yeah. Care about your stuff enough.
2: Cam, I want to take us back over to Marvel Snap because we've got a lot of topics to hit in a short amount of time. But Cam, you do talk about searching for the food. And I would usually tell you this off podcast, but I do think that you have you've cornered the market in one space of content better than anybody else currently in Marvel Snap. And that's... As the aggregator of meta decks on Twitter, I oh, think yeah. that that is so phenomenal and is such a driver to your face and your content and your page. And it's so you maybe as the player that streams and that looks at tournaments and that is following Lambie or like all those other people, maybe you get inspiration from. It just comes to you naturally like, oh, these are the top five decks. But as someone even slightly casual or someone that takes a, a, a week of a break from Marvel Snap how freaking valuable it is to just boot up Twitter, go to one page, see five different decks that I can try to play and have fun with. Oh my God, it's the best. Um, I just wanted to mention that. But over to the news, because we did have some new cards come out and some OTAs, which are always very exciting. First off, I want to get y'all's opinion. Lady Deathstrike 5-3 honor reveal. Destroy each card here with less power than this. We were a little bit cold on this one last week, but now that it's out in the wild, what are your thoughts?
0: She's okay. better than you think. I swear. She's better than you think. I promise. I pro- I'm jumping in to just say she's better than you think. I swear. No, uh, she goes in like one deck and I'm not sure how much you would miss her if you didn't have her in there. But that Thanos Galactus Lady Deathstrike deck that I played was like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It was actually good. And I'm not sure how much of that. Like she herself was actually good a lot. You forge her. She kills off your opponents. Like I had her kill a Thor. I had her kill a Dracula. I had her kill an entire Cerebro lane like she does a bunch of actually powerful stuff. I am always more in on destroying your opponent's cards than most people are. I just don't think she is. I mean, I do think with Forge pushing her to six now, it's like almost actually relevant Mm -hmm. because Captain Marvel, Rockslide, Silk, Angela, probably like just a bunch of stuff is going to die to her now. And I I think she does stuff well. I will say that Thanos Galactus Lady Deathstrike deck. I posted it and Glenn Jones himself was like, I did not come up with this one. So (laughs) one day they should hire me and I will come up with that instead. But yeah, no, like I got I got something cooking there that the devs didn't even have with her. (laughs) And I think that's the best chance for her to ever actually be good because I don't think they want cards like her to be good. So if they are good, it's an accident. It's because they
2: missed something. Yeah, cozy. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, she's a hell of a lot better now than she was a couple of days ago. I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, twelve cards always tough, right? Because you gotta, she's got to do her job better than somebody else would in that deck. So for me, it's always like, without forcing the synergy, where does she work well? Uh, first of all, if this card ever gets out of hand, she's just like the complete answer. She screw Morbius uh, and Dracula alone, like that, the deck's done. Like it's got no shot. Uh, but the, here's the thing, I think she's okay. In a yeah. boosted destroy deck, like you were kind of saying, I'm, I haven't seen the bill, but I'm assuming it's where well, you don't have. She she feels like she's just naturally complimented If Forge happens to be there, it works. I love what you said about the Marvel. We're seeing five drops, and dude, the six going down is huge now compared yes. to three yes. or even five down. You know, is is uh, is massive. But yeah, I, I've got a deck I've been cooking. I've got. Uh, it was kind of hot when Phoenix Force came out, but it, it's got uh, Deadpool. I got you, you got Zack and now in there too. Uh, and then you have her with Forge, right? So you have three different cards now instead of one or even fewer. Hell, even Human Torch, you can go with Phoenix Force um, that want the Forge. And if Lady Deathstrike's one of those options, hell yeah, right? So
2: yeah. Well, great. I feel like we can't even talk about Deathstrike without mentioning the OTAs because it did change the context drastically. So, OTAs. I thought you were
0: going to say mentioning X-23. Well, we, that's what I thought. I thought it was like, literally, we can't talk about this without talking <laughs> we about can X-23. Talk about,
2: we can talk about X-23 if you want, but the, the OTAs first. So, Forge, this is the, this is the big one, 2-1, one, uh, on reveal, it says give the next card you play plus 2 power, now it says plus 3 power. We had Shauna, it's 4-4, four, four. now it's a 3-2. Crystal, four four three three So, we can talk about Shauna and Crystal later, but, you know, on last week's pod, Cam and I were talking about Lady Deathstrike, we're like, damn, everything in the meta is a 1-5, an X-5, so it's like, if she it just be six, or if it said you know, less than or equal to this card would be great. And then Forge gets the change. So is this is this change with Forge? Is it good enough? Can you pl- be playing Forge on turn four? You know, which is maybe not the most ideal curve in some scenarios, and then play Lady Death Strike on five. Is that good enough?
1: You know, as old Marvel Snap goes, I think it just depends on what the current meta is, but what it does answer is the value decks a ton. Value decks are so hot. Uh, and so I think it's got a good place there. It's just a tough sell, dude. I mean, if you like that one specific deck, I think it works out. Forge is another story. I'll talk about Forge all day. But yeah, LDS, Forge, like, Forge Forge is great. what's your final, if you were to say, you know, I don't know, uh, one through f- five stars, what are you giving, what are you giving LDS
0: all like in? Like two or three. Hey, yeah, two just and a half. kind of where 30s. I'd be at right now. Like, I, yeah. I, I think this this actually brings us to something that I think is really important to talk about, which is, don't play bad cards to make your other bad cards. Good, mm, good lady. Point. Deathstrike <laughs> should go in a deck where your forge is doing more things than just hitting lady death strike. Right. Yeah. So like in the deck that I was playing, uh, I won a game by Nokia and forging a Galactus because they didn't play around 11 power Galactus. Right. Like I, I won a game by uh, we go forge into absorbing man, which led nuts, the absorbing man pass some other stuff on. You need to be making these cards do other good stuff. Do not play bad cards to make your other bad cards not bad cards, right? You can just play good cards. It's like, and so if if you are not playing the Forge to do other broken things, you probably just don't slap Forge, Lady Deathstrike and a bunch of other stuff. That said, there is a part of me. That kind of wants to just jam her in the mid range deck and be like, ha ha, I've blown up your Captain Marvel. You lose now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: just, I do want to do that. I just don't think it's going to be very good. Yeah. I mean, if you put her in the value deck, then your value deck becomes not a value deck, right? It's just like the whole deck is sort of it's the crux of it is just eking out these values quantitatively. Right. The, the other
0: deck. issue is you might blow up your own stuff. Yeah, Like, the positioning becomes very awkward. You need to keep your stuff out of the lane with the stuff you want to blow up in it, and once they know you have the Lady Deathstrike combo, they just put their stuff in the lane with your stuff, and then it sucks, right? Like, that that's the other issue that you run into. All right.
2: Sha- Shauna and Crystal here. I mean... Is we silver surfer gaming? Like, what are we doing with you know, four, four to three, two on Shauna and crystal, four, four to three, three? Like, what do, what do these changes mean? Are they good enough? I haven't really seen anybody get super excited about them yet. Maybe I've just been off Twitter, but let's hear your thoughts.
1: I'll say quickly, the last <laughs> thing I'll say on Forge is like, I think he's one of the he's like one of my fave two jobs now. I just love, right, awesome. dude, he, he's so he's a two, four on average mm-hmm. that you're building yeah. up past that. It's just stupid good with a like, two, four with upside. Dude, you could play him with Omega freaking Red. I mean, not like that's a great, great card, but it's the last turn of the game, two four. <laughs> not what I was throw expecting. On there. Uh, yeah, yeah that, no. that's not the. That's not the oh, name. You, you, like, awesome. like,
0: you can play him with Jeff. You can yeah, play yeah, yeah, him yeah. with Omega Red. You can play him I with. I was, was waiting Red. for that. <laughs> I was waiting for
1: that. I was trying to get a little spice in there, but no, like you can do a four-two plays. Well, I'm for eight power, and all of a sudden you have right, an eight power, right, whatever. But my my the the main thing is going into the next two. Honestly, do you want to do Crystal or Shauna first, guys? You got you, it. What do you
2: want? It's all you.
1: Let's talk Shauna, because I... Hold on now. You like it? Okay, I think it's getting looked over a touch. Or just a... Okay. J- just a touch. It's like almost like selling LDS. It's the same thing. Uh, Lady Deathstrike. Like, it's not like... It's not... I'm not going to bend your arm to get, get Shauna. I've got a deck guy going out tomorrow uh, on a new take on... Uh, a bit of a new take on, on, on just Zoo... I actually think she plays in a, uh, a standard zoo list way better than she used to. That's not Zabu-focused. Mm-hmm. You have to change your focus now on what Zabu and the 4 jobs were, right? Uh, uh, but I, I honestly, dude, she's okay in there. I spent about five hours trying to do a Death uh, Shauna.
0: Oh, yeah, the one kills. where you, like, Killmonger your stuff and then play, like, a Death and a Null. Dude, it's...
1: It's kind of cool. It's,
0: it's, it's a little inconsistent, but it's kind of cool. Uh,
1: yeah. and honestly, Phoenix Force can fit in that deck, which is wild because you have this weird just bundle of cards all of a sudden now that you can at least get some sort of value. Even if it's the hood, you're getting another demon off that. Like It's a weird thing going on. And I was, uh, you know, got a couple Infinity Tickets with it. But yeah, she's fun. I think she's okay. She's not great, though.
0: Mm. yep what about you one of the places i thought about her was is she like a good card if you're playing like a doom wave kind of thing where yeah. you just like play her as like a 310 or whatever you just you just get a bunch of stats out of her and then you just like play wave doom and then suddenly you have incredibly full lanes and you are using them as best you can like i i think she's okay but the fact that you can't count on what she's giving you every time makes her a lot harder to play than some other cards and outside of like those specific scenarios like where you go like shauna killmonger here's my cheap death uh, things like that which i believe i first saw on owl gods twitter actually he he made it and i was like that looks ridiculous <laughs> and then you know it was ridiculous so that's, that's beside the point but i uh I just think that she is fine. And like I said, like you don't need to play bad cards to make your, your, you should just play good cards. <laughs> like that is, she doesn't yeah. hit that for me yet. I think.
1: Where are you, sir? This is uh, the deck guides going out tomorrow. So it's like a zoo control list. So hear me out a bit here, but you, you essentially there's a bunch of plug and plays. You can go here, uh, but let's just give it a standard list here. You've got hood. You have nebula. All right, hear me out. You have echo who's actually phenomenal. In this uh, specific list, yep, you have Kitty Pride, you have uh, Nightcrawler Angela, so no surprise there. Good one drops build up the Angela lane. You have armor, obviously. You have Shauna, okay. You have Jean Grey. Now, as you know, all the cards I just listed, you've got some synergy there with Jean Grey because you can a build them up, move them if you need to. Shauna can fill up that lane lightning quick, and as long as you have Nightcrawler in there or you have Kitty Pride to play, you have your kind of free Jean Grey lane. But the whole deal about it, it's super simple. You are going to be trying to Pro-X and cheat a lane, which is a lot easier with Shauna, right? Because you can have one of those lanes might have a little bit of power, right? You force them in the Jean Grey lane still, if that's what your plan is, and then it's an easy Valkyrie finish. The Valkyrie is perfect on a turn six with Kitty Pride, with Demon, with uh, Hell Echo. It makes it tougher. Then move the Nightcrawler. It's a sick list, boys, and I've had some actually pretty good results.
0: I've played Thanos lists that are built like that, actually. Uh, okay. So, like, generally, I played. God, it was like a uh, a Thanos list where the fives were. We actually played Ghost in it to make sure your Valkyrie was always last. So you'd okay. have yeah, yeah. Uh, Ghost for the Valkyrie, and then you have have. Uh, what we did was with Luke Cage because you know, if you Valkyrie, your stuff is going to be big. Their stuff is going to be small uh, because of the way Luke Cage works with Valkyrie. Of course, you have like the Soul Stone and stuff like that. So it's actually like pretty close to something that I was actually playing around with previously that I ended up going away from because of the preponderance of Killmonger running around. Yep. Like even with an armor, it was just like, oh, God. And the Profex stuff, uh, you know, the jet kind of is, is an issue for there if you aren't running your own. I'm not saying it's uh, not something I would do. Just like I have a sneaking suspicion that if you took your deck and you replaced Shana with Thanos, It might just get better.
1: So in the deck, (laughs) I literally, I go, don't have Shauna, use Thanos. So yeah, (laughs) uh, 100%. You need a way to generate a lot of one-cost cards, right? You've got now ways to play with the Space Stone. I think what's great about it is people either hold their Killmongers till late, like a Surfer deck, and by then you hopefully have Armor and or Pro-X down, right? Yeah. But the Jean Grey, I'm telling you, I will be a stan for Jean Grey all night that people disrespect the card. I think it's phenomenal with Echo and or Cosmo in the deck. You can just, you ruin combos, boys, and that's your Valk lane right there because they're trying to spit shit in there to try to get it over with uh, a lot of the times, and then you can equalize it. And so Gene Grey with Echo naturally is a combo that is just, it's ridiculous. It does seem powerful. top tier. It's deck, just one though.
0: of those things where it's like, okay, you play Gene Grey with Echo, you run into like, you know, the Kitty Pride move deck, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh oh, okay, I really need to professor X Valkyrie or I'm dead. <laughs> like, yeah. That is yeah. like, like it's one of those, like there is there, like Jean Grey is a card That's really frustrating to me because I read her and I'm like, why does she, why does she affect both players? Like, why yeah. does she have to affect both players? If she, like I, I firmly believe that there will be a point in time where she is really strong. Yep. It just has to be like super specific. And I feel the same way about echo where it's like, at some point, this is going to be like the best possible answer to something. Mm. But I, until that time presents itself, I'm like, oh, well, there's not, everyone's playing Kitty Pride. It doesn't even matter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's Echoes. It's, it's Echoes one of like, those weird things. It's like my favorite card that was introduced for uh, two deck format. If they ever take that to any other bigger tournaments, like those are the cards yeah. that I love, which I hope they keep because oh, yeah. like, that that's that's a great way to play Marvel Snap. Um, Crystal, is there? Do we need to talk about Crystal, or is it worth passing over?
1: Uh,
2: listen, she costs three the, now.
1: I had a closing note on Forge. I'll say closing on Shauna. Every one cost that comes out, new cards are naturally better. Mm-hmm. We've seen this, right? Shauna mm-hmm. gets better a little bit more each time, right? Because now you're getting a less of a chance for the Ebony Maws and whatnot of the world, unless you want that. Yes. And that's what I've at least seen in my experience. Crystal feels like she does the same thing, maybe a little bit better. I think she's still good in combo-rich decks, if that's your goal. But uh, uh, Surfer, she's, o- she's okay in Surfer. I liked her best in Hazmat she- Toxic like mm. is she
0: okay in surfer because there's so many options in yeah, that deck now that like if deck. you play her you're probably playing her over something that's better exactly. so where I like it, what i like about surfer is
1: if you go on deviate off a popular list you have this surprise factor if you will mm. right it's just that she doesn't do she just again the deck i like her in the most is a hazmat deck because you don't give a damn about what they end up getting cuz you're just trying to bomb them uh, and if they have Luke Cage, you lose, right? Like that's like that's that's where <laughs> I played. That's what I played. You know, it's a greedy rich deck, and that's uh, you know I had some fun with it. But yeah, it just she's just an awkward card, man. She's a tough one. Is uh? So is, here's
2: is the 3-3 question 3-3 for you. A, I gotta ask though. So is three three? Is it a strict buff to Crystal? Like, do you think this is a, just ubiquitously a buff going from a four four to a three three? Because now it's not in the Zabu show.
1: I like it better. Yeah, I yeah.
0: do. I, I got a question. So. You're talking about these decks with newly OTA cards. The fact that they got OTA that prompts you to make a video about it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so oh, I, I was like, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm just writing down stuff. I'm just <laughs> writing down notes. Like, OK, do videos on OTA cards like that. Uh, it, that actually like it, it, I know it sounds very dumb, but that's just never occurred to me because I do like my OTA review, you know, and then it's like, okay, OK, well, people should know that. And then if it shows up in like something legitimately meta, but you're not doing things that are necessarily that. You're just like, what is the best way to use this now? And that's, that's an interesting thing to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's essentially, they're not new cards, but they're essentially new cards that the uh, wide variety of the player base gets access to, right? And what yeah. got me falling in love with Snap and gets me excited is like, I grew up playing like uh, team builders and Pokemon and things where it's like, I got obsessed with Synergy and with 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 how you correlate things that people maybe don't see at first glance, right? And and I'm always going to be the guy that says the best deck in Snap is still yet to be discovered, right? Like, that's my favorite thing to live by. It's what drives me on Snap. So OTAs reintroduced this whole, okay, well, they touched this card up for some reason. There must be something out there that now was a good Forge deck that's a little bit better. So yeah, definitely always do content uh, right after. You, mm. you, you that's a, look it's at all an my, interesting
0: thing like would you do so do you do a video on each of them or is it just like you pick one you that know. you like the most and then it's like alright let's do that one? Uh, yeah it can be hard right it's whatever gets me like
1: crazy like everyone did Captain Marvel after the Marvel thing and I was like oh dude that's so sick but Hawkeye no one's looking at Hawkeye balance I think that's probably pretty dope so i like, actually dip-
0: did look at hawkeye bounce that's not even it's a nasty. joke i did look at hawkeye bounce i was like dude that's a one seven but then it turned out that stats weren't the avenue that where was the issue for that mm. deck for me it was just like I, I do like a one seven though like yeah absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. i'll play a one seven
1: so it's whatever sexiest kind of right like whatever one looks like okay this like forge man it was like dude that's yeah. just a sexy buff like that's gonna be a lot of fun um and then and or out there a little bit that that might get a little steam, uh, depending on it. Uh, you know, this was probably a tougher OTA than most. But usually there's at least one to two options. That's like, all right, there's something here. Uh, no question.
2: Yeah. And we're we're spoiled with those OTAs as players, as creators, oh etc. Man, it's just like such such a more interesting card game to interact with, Cozy, I've got to ask you a hard question now. So there's a there's a question when it comes to the snapshot that is it's on our bingo card, as we like to say. And we had a guest on oh. Oh, a couple weeks ago, Dara JN, or is he's I think he goes by Darajan. Um, he goes by Darajan. I've got to Durajan. ask you what are your thoughts on unique collections, and do you think it's a feature to the game? Or do you think it's more of a negative thing? Is it, could we consider it a bug at this point? Do you think that unique collections enhance the experience of Marvel Snap at the top end after a player has been playing for a little bit? Because we, uh, I'll level with people on unique collections that the initial gameplay of Marvel Snap, when you first download it, in the, you know, the free to play, you know, series one, series two, that's a good experience. But, they've they've pitched these like unique collections and keeping cards away from players as a feature to the game do you think that it's good for marvel snap
1: oh man love it i think we can all agree marvel snap's best uh when you first get into it right Mm. it's insane all the stuff that happens i think it's honestly the answer is a split cop out i'm gonna say it's great for casuals it's bad for competitive i mean i think it's when you have a buddy uh the thing that drove me in the game is i just called my brother i'm like dude i just got effing magneto He's like, what? <laughs> and then he was using crossbones, and we thought it was good. Joker. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever, right? Like, that was really cool. That brought a lot of interest. The issue is it ages poorly, and as we all know, it's gotten to a point where it's like we're so spoiled with OTAs that it almost... It, it's a tough position they've put themselves in because the game is ever-changing in a lot of ways. They pitch themselves as a three-minute card game. Now Conquest is their best game mode, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, it, so it's like a weird... It's a weird thing. The game is at times they, they want to you can't pay for power. At other times they have twelve hundred credits for sale the next day. So it, they I, they need to stick with something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But also I'm a big proponent of new player um acceleration. Like that you know, that's gonna be our biggest hindrance with this game. There's something unique about not being able to pay for power when the game came out, mm-hmm. but now it's gotta be answered. Um, in a unique way to 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 have snap go uh, in the
2: way that it, you know I, I think it is so. yeah. I have an anecdote. I got targeted by a Marvel Snap ad, and I think it was a bit dated. <laughs> I think it was an older ad from maybe, you know, back on uh, back on Global Release, etc. But it goes, Marvel Snap, we have all these cards, this collection, and the good thing is you have to progress through it, and we won't even let you buy the cards. So you just can't have them even if you don't want them. And I just thought to modern-day Marvel Snap, where we have mm-hmm. Pro Bundle 1, Pro Bundle 2, you know, Gotcha banner s kind of stuff. And I'm just like, this is not the thing. And also, I find that I agree with you that it does hurt competitive, right? Because when you go to competitive at the highest level, it's like, yeah, some people are legitimately priced out. They're even time-gated out. But the place where I feel it the most is probably in the casual, right? Because I think when it comes to card games, they're actually pretty unique from other games that the casual player base seems to really really want to win like they genuinely don't they seem to not enjoy losing to people that have cards that they don't like that's not a a feature to the game they don't lose to a card that they literally can't acquire because of monetary reasons or because of monetary plus time gated like it's actually impossible they go that's a good experience right it usually irritates them and then they want to achieve the full collection so they can have all the game pieces and that they can play the best decks more people ask me for the best decks that play once a week or twice a week than anybody I know that is a content creator or grinding tournaments, et cetera. So I've found that I think I'm with you that I've, there seems to be a you know a bit of incongruency right now with this unique collection philosophy. And where we've ended up right now, modern day model snap, we're kind of in the middle. It's like, are we going to part ways with this? What do you think is the future of that model? And is the current form of card acquisition, is it sustainable for the player base or is it, do you think it's hurting the game?
1: Yeah, they're going to piss people off no matter what I answer. I mean, I I would say um to, to when it comes to that, like I will stand behind. I think that people don't have any idea what the best deck is. I think a Patriot deck right now is still stupid good, and you think it's not because it other people are, yeah. no
0: who thinks it's not. Well, Forge, like, that
1: was a bad okay before the. <laughs> I mean, like
0: uh, uh Patriot it was Lad, good before I, too. No, I'm with you because like Patriot is good into the mid range deck because it doesn't really run Enchantress anymore. No, 100. Yes, 100. Okay, so. With that, right,
1: people, though, if I'm not promoting it and other content creators aren't promoting it and you don't see it, people are like, well, I don't have this deck, so I can't be good at this game, right, Mm -hmm. or whatever. So every game naturally comes with this, like, I want to try something, maybe I would like that more. I come from Hero Collectors way back when where, like, you either spent a bajillion dollars or you got really good at one niche thing. I think there's a lot of great decks but it's human nature to always want more so it's a weird it's a weird thing i think that uh, that is getting better we're getting better with mm-hmm. t- coming up with creative decks and whatnot however it's uh, to me I, they just have to pick one way and go with it uh, because it can get awkward it can get awkward and i'm curious to see where it does go now that we are going to be entering a pc launch era taking it away from a mobile stigma of a game that's a that's going to be an important uh, an important radical shift, I think. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I don't know. What, what are y'all's thoughts on, on, uh, on where it might be collection-wise? Because they're pretty gun-ho. I don't think they're going to make a quick change
0: on us. Uh, I I think they screwed themselves by being too generous at the front, honestly. Like, their sort of design philosophy was there are no wasted cards. You are going to be able to use basically every card you get. And it is going to be a real contributor, even those cards you get early. right. Like you think about all the pool one, pool two, all stars, right? Uh, Shang-Chi and Enchantress. You Enchantress is pool one. Shang is pool two, I believe. Uh, Iron Man, Vision, Angela, Bishop. These are all star cards that you got for free. If any of those cards came out, they would be 6,000 tokens and you would have to buy them. Like that is, that is like sort of the fundamental thing where you get so many things for free that what it does is create a situation where you have 10 of the 12 cards and you got them for free, and you're like, okay, well, how bad can it be to get the other two cards? And then it's like a hundred dollars, and you're like, oh my god, why would they design it like this? but you're only in that position because they gave you those 10 cards for free. And it's this weird thing where the fact that they're so generous didn't just screw them over in terms of like, Oh, we have to make our money on the back end Now it screwed them over in terms of getting people really close to something. And then saying, ah, 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 you can't have it. It's the myth of tantalus, right? He's right in front of the trees and he can't reach them. And that's the position that Marvel snap puts a lot of people in where it's like, what they're going for is okay. Well, go build what you can with your collection, but without a significant amount of expertise, people aren't going to be able to do that well. So they go look for a net deck and they see, mm-hmm. I don't have silk. I don't have, uh, Oh, look at this move deck. That's dominating. Well, I don't have silk. I can't play it now. I don't have silk. I don't have Jeff. I have every other card.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think with that, like it's interesting because whether it's on purpose or not, right? Like I'll take a hero collector. I'm going to say star Wars. I don't know if this is going to go over the head, but there was a Sith team you could use and guess what just came out a sith leader that's going to give all sith 10 percent attack right and then you have all the Q, yeah everything you need but the sith leader right and you're screwed and you're not going to be competitive and snap my argument is typically there is on all of my guides for about seven months i did replacement options when Mm -hmm. people were very new to snap it was vital to my channel and vital to what i put my time into dude that took me an extra hour plus a day to do those damn replace cards but i knew it was important because there are other options. Now, to a refinement competitive standpoint, no, nope, Silk is going to be your best option there. It's a 2-5 yep. activating craven. You're screwed. However, there's other build-arounds to maybe someone else playing that Silk, maybe. right. So it is, I, I 100% agree, but I think Snap does give you some more tools there. And guys, I'm not saying it's, it's perfect. I think there's plenty of fixes that, that can go a long way. My, my thing is, I think the game is best... Their biggest, the biggest thing they got going is the meta is so healthy. Nothing seems crazy overpowered. And you can't introduce yes. a lot at once without sacrificing that at times, too. So,
0: yeah. No, I, I, I think I agree because this is where my position as a competitive content creator makes yeah. me, puts me in a position that I think is a little bit harder than it has to be. Because if I am someone who wants to play a tournament, someone who wants to play a tournament comes to me and is like, can you replace Silk? <laughs> no. But if someone who's watching my YouTube channel who just wants to play a deck asks me, can you replace Silk? It's like, you know, there probably is an answer for that person. But because of the niche I'm in, I don't think I can really give that answer in good faith when it might be taken seriously by someone who is, you know, I'm going to spend money to enter this tournament because KM said you can replace that. You know what I mean? And like that is a, a situation that I, I it's always weird because like I always say, you know, I want it to be day nine, right? That is the person whose content not necessarily whose content I wanted to be more whose personality I wanted to imitate just that that unflappable guy right and I have found myself in a position where I because of who I really am because I am not day Nine, <laughs> I am doing this and so like on one level it's more true to myself because like you know if someone asks me that question I can tell them the actual answer which is like no I wouldn't replace Silk But I do wonder if on some level like a way of focusing more on, you know, a casual player base would be something I could do and trying to figure out how to bring myself and what I do to a casual player base who is doing something along those lines. That's one of my biggest challenges, I feel like.
2: Yeah. I think one of my arguments is that I think more players put themselves in the position or the mindset of a player playing a tournament, even if they're not in that scenario. I think it's just a natural tendency of card gamers to optimize and try to play the best deck. There are... I think it's like, you have the Spike, the Jimmys, you know, the people that like to play. The Jimmys? I think it's Jimmy. I think that, like, it's Spike. Jimmy, dude. T- it's, it's not Timmy. Timmy. It's not Timmy, because Timmy is more it like is a newer Timmy. player. No, we have a word. It's called, oh, I think it's definitely Timmy's Jimmy. has got to be in the new. Yeah, so, Timmy's new. Jimmy is the person who likes to play the off-meta deck, right? So likes to play the sub deck, what? likes to have fun. I've yes. never heard of this person. Well, YouTube comments, let me know. <laughs> yeah, so, Jimmy is the off-meta deck brewer who likes to just build a deck, have fun with it, etc yeah. So people in Marvel Snap that would be, you know, they'd be happy to play the suboptimal card or play a different version of Jeff, et cetera. But I find that card gamers just have this tendency to optimize and want this sort of this op- this the best deck possible. And I think that creates a lot of friction there because I want to ask you, do you think that the current state of card acquisition is perfect? And if it's not, what would you do to fix it? And what do you think are some of the current issues with it? Because I do think that we win from a card acquisition um, system. That was actually less generous to one that is monetarily, I mean, almost quantitatively more generous now, but just seems to piss people off more. You know, the new system I've seen more people angry about than far, but than the old system, right? Because there is this gambling aspect. There's this idea where people use the one spotlight cash and, you know, PSA, we've said a million times this podcast, don't open if you only have one, but people use the one, they feel like they kind of, you know, lose the gamble and they get really irritated. How would you fix the current card acquisition system or at least improve it?
1: Yeah, I mean, they also put themselves in a hole with this whole token thing. I mean, like, back in the day where you could save up tokens, man, I love that. Token Buyer Guys was, like, my favorite thing, because you could actually have some things going on. However, it's interesting, man. I think it goes to—I'm sure we'll get some meta conversation or whatever, but I'm telling you, the meta in Snap is so interesting, because it isn't necessarily even the top of the top deck. It's what's popular, and then what's countering what's popular, and then you have this, like, kind of rotation Mm -hmm. of things— that can beat other things every now and then. You have one that goes out of line, but guess what? We have an OTA. So it's this weird thing. You don't need any of the Loki cards, although they're probably going to be stupid good, so that's a bad example. But you don't need Lady Death Strike. but it's new and it's shiny and you can be playing other things, so then it creates the gambleism. So it, it, it's also like identifying yourself with kind of what you like to play. But I, is the thing perfect? no. Uh, a short fix. I don't hate it. I think people don't like me because I'm a pretty positive dude. I don't really hate it. I think that they need to bring some things back to caches. Uh I think it was a weird, uh, the collector reserves, I think it was a bit of a weird out-of-touch thing i like golden tickets because i make conquest content um, dude but, i do too i, I, I like, uh, like uh, everyone
0: is mad about that and i'm like that's good i like it what's wrong yeah, with you
1: yeah yeah you know i think the easy fix there is to bring stuff to to conquest overall i think what they need to do is continue to push the we're going to reward you for playing our game and if they're going to do that gold well, conquest stuff works awesome ramp up rewards and conquest right so there's like it's an interesting mentality the one that i would want to bring up excuse me is um uh, batch releases. Now, I think this is mm. the most touchy subject because I think there's, well, a lot of reviews. But when it comes to unique collections, I got to say, man, when She-Hulk drops and, 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 and Hella Carey, a bad example, but all these came out, dude, I loved it. I love that KM was doing something with sh- whatever She-Hulk, but I wanted to... It an, actually was got She-Hulk, Thanos.
0: yeah. But, like, I, I, I will tell you that I hated that because <laughs> yeah. I'm not it, shocked. I, I had to wait a week for Thanos to show up in my shop. I had to wait an entire week. I was sitting here playing She-Hulk. I bought Titania because my chat bullied me into buying Titania. So I had like She-Hulk and Titania and She-Hulk, you know, that was good. We could play Death Wave. It was dope, right? But like I couldn't play the card. I did the preview for that. Like when they did Token Shop, they they announced Token Shop. I was in the dev video talking about how much I couldn't wait to play Thanos and like, oh, my God, I really want to play Thanos. And then it comes out and I can't get Thanos for a week because of the way the token shop works.
1: It was just me and you I think who got the access to the build too before that came out. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we, can we talk about that? I not I I think, think we can. I, 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 I I am it, allowed to disclose
0: yes, it. I actually been, I actually I checked this I've because it. it's been talked about on this podcast. Yeah. I I asked the last time cuz I had the access to do the Evo video on their channel and they gave me the same account, so I, I took screenshots of all the Thanos decks I made on that, and they are so bad. I was going to post them. I actually forgot about it until right now, but all I did with that access, the only thing I did with that access was play Thanos. That's it. Oh, mine sucked. And then I had I got to the same
1: a cards offered to me as my other one, and I was like, because uh, I got like <laughs> it uh, two days before, and I think I got Thanos, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to try Thanos, and then on my main account, my first pull was Thanos, second was Sherry. I actually got like, I look at yeah, nice. It was, it was- <laughs> Fantastic, right? You uh, and I was the biggest Thanos. St- I was the oh, I like to say I was the OG Thanos. Stan, oh, well, I'm sure you were too, man. You love you. Were, you're, you're a Thanos, like not. Even I didn't think card. he was gonna be
0: good. I was just yeah. like, that's what I want to do in card games. I want to take game yeah. actions and play 50 mm. cards. cards. Yeah. But
1: my whole point with this is, if you look back then and you look at High Evo, the hype was the most about those two specific regions. And the reason why is I think there's a bunch of new things in one swift. And you got to be careful because Hearthstone will do a bajillion of them. But guess what? Only about ten things end up decent, and then you play two; it it turns into crap, and then the meta's all over the place. It's tough to keep the consistency we have with the meta with batch releases. But I think even two
2: a year breathes a little bit more into the collection. Mm. It's tough. It's yeah. So this is exactly what. Mr. Durajan said himself when he was on here, he brought up batch releases. He talked about weekly card releases and how weekly card releases and the single card um, sort of introduction to the meta is not nearly as exciting as getting something like four or five, six, maybe even 10 cards. Nothing Nothing on the level of like a Hearthstone expansion where you get, you know, maybe hundreds of cards and you're like, you know, 50 plus percent are maybe not relevant and that would be generous but having them come out in these batches so that it can affect maybe more than one deck there's a lot more brewing that can be done that being said do you think that you think that that sort of would that content release schedule so batches be run in tandem with weekly card releases and season passes or would be would, in a perfect world, would you see us moving towards a more batch, batch-based batch release schedule where we're getting batches maybe once a month or once every two weeks um, instead of these weekly card releases? Do you think that would be a superior model?
1: Oh, hell no. I think I love weekly releases. I think Christmas and the start of summer do too. That's all. And, and, and like, you have big breaks right there. You have a lot of just momentum. The thing that people forget, dude, like, A, this is a free freaking game. You can play this for free. But B, like, they're essentially boosting up weekly almost, or bi-weekly, whatever, every other week. They're they're giving free cards new life, right? The Forges and the Crystals, I guess Sean is not right, but in this week, for an example, that are having kind of new life. Like, Spider-Man's a new effing card. This is a new card that came out everybody got for free. So I think the weekly, as a content creator, selfishly, the weekly release is is awesome. But as a player, dude, it's the most unique thing Snap does, because it I, I'll watch traffic on my channel and things that go ooh, boom, boom. It goes, it's these hills rather than Hearthstone, which is boom, boom. And, that, and it's a big difference of hills and, and peaks and valleys. So I, I think it's great for the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Cam, any, hey, thoughts, any thoughts on batches versus weekly releases? Or you can I, have them both, maybe. I'll be honest, Like I, I am like...
0: Okay, so two things. One... I'm such an amateur and I'm so overwhelmed by my own status, which is to say, I I don't even know enough to say if that would be good for me or not. (laughs) Like, Obviously, if you just added more batch releases onto what we already have, yeah, it would be dope. Obviously, I have more stuff to talk about. That would be super cool. But like, you talk about checking traffic on my channel. I I all I know is when I release a video, it does this. And then when I don't release a video, it does this (laughs) like I I don't even know how to do the analytics to the point that I can actually take a look at that and see things like that. I I do have something you'll be proud of me. I I saved my first video today, which is to say I released it with a bad thumbnail, noticed it was doing poorly, made a new thumbnail, put it on there, and now it's doing like regularly, which which was like I have I have never saved a video before. It's something I I didn't I didn't know, but like I did it. I was like, all right, bad thumbnail, new thumbnail, new title. Let's go. And now it is back in my normal range. And it worked. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> but it's oh, like yeah. uh it's it's just one of those things where I-, I am such a novice content creator that I wouldn't even know if that is good for me. Or what no. would
2: you prefer as a player?
0: <laughs> as a player, yeah. they're int- they're intimately wedded to each other. Uh I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I want batch releases, I want batch releases, but it's like I, I like the game. I, I I'm scared of change I like what we have. I enjoy it. This game has become so much more than I ever dreamed to me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what? Well, why would we why would we mess up a good thing? <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's, that's why I'm always in favor, not necessarily of changing release cadences or anything. The thing I'm in favor of is give people more stuff, mm. be more generous like that stuff's easy for me, but I don't know.
1: Listen, I think at the uh, again rewarding players. Like I think if you are, how I would fix it. I, I, listen, I love the game I too. I, I think I, right now I love the chain we're going on. I love the OTAs. I love the new cards. If I can yeah. splash it in a deck, hell yeah. If I can't, save up for the next one, right? But what I would say is the only thing I would like to see changed, right? Mm-hmm. Is uh, and this is gonna take time. They need to expand their team. That's really what it comes down to. I think the game rapidly grows. Grew? you don't have budgets set for the next year. I've ran things before. Trust me, they can't just all of a sudden get a bajillion people on board, right? They're going to grow. We're 10 months in. But I would like to see continue rewarding for people playing the game. And the biggest thing for that, without being abused, the biggest thing they can do that with right now, in my opinion, is Conquest. Because if they're pushing people that way, you can make the reward shops Mm. a little bit spicier a little bit it's it and it, more for sure but the, the, I, I love I games that forth. reward
0: okay i go back and forth obviously i love conquest it's awesome but when i first started playing this game i did so because it was fast hmm. it was the whole pitch
2: mm-hmm.
0: i came over to play this game because it was fast my decisions mattered it was like playing aggro mirrors and magic the gathering i was super into it speed was the key if you gate rewards behind you know, a time-consuming nope. thing, I worry that that will not be taken as a gift and will instead be taken as force. Mm. If um, I, Rewards if you win get, g- g- are in a ladder gate.
2: Are gated by time, right? All these quests, all these... these no, are all-
0: no, no, not the same way. Like, if I'm taking a poop, I can't play a match of Conquest. It's
1: true. You can't. I mean, maybe you can Uh Yeah, it depends like, on your poop. Um, you haven't had the leg numbing poops in. I'm, yeah, 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 man. My I legs are toast. But a lot of
0: fiber and drink a lot of water. I. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're the dude. You could barely play a kitty down before your poop's yeah. done. I'm yeah. sure.
0: I mean, my, the, the. Here's the thing, though.
1: Okay, easy fix. Oh, you get cosmic energy. You get five every win on ladder, and that is used in a shop. It, 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 it's a, You're playing a game mode. You're getting rewarded by your efforts in said game mode and then you can use that to either progress yourself
0: or buy cosmetics. Sure. Yeah. That's, like, that's isn't that just the same thing as the ladder rewards that we get? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you get the same like, solution just by you get cosmic energy, five every win? Yep.
2: Double the ladder rewards. I mean, isn't that... Dude,
0: the ladder rewards are a whole nother... I think that's a whole
1: nother... Well, yeah, it is a,
2: I, I want to ask you a fundamental question just on the dichotomy of ladder and conquest right now. And I want to hit first on the current state. Of ladder because I remember you're, you're a, a day, bots. a Whoa. day, a day, a day far in the past where it was just KM, get wrecked Human Spider. They were all in bot elo, and the rest of us had to actually try to get infinite. That is, that day is long gone. Sucked. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was different. You know, I was I was in there sweating, and then you know, five minutes into the season, Cam's like, "Oh, got the best steps." Fucking Jesus. Anyway, nowadays it seems like ladder. At least for me. Um, and it seems like for a lot of people but not for everybody like you said some of your viewers some people have talked to you said they've been struggling in certain ranks but from my experience my ladder experience has been overwhelmingly bots, and at this point it feels like a seasonal chore so I just want to get your thoughts on the current state of ladder and just on the current state of conquest is Con- is conquest just Marvel snap at this point like is there a reason to play ladder if we're just queuing into boss all the time I'll just let you have the floor on that one
1: Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I got ripped from some comments of saying my truth here. I I think, personally, the achievement of Infinite has left the building in my eyes, right? So, like, I remember KM, yeah, man, I was watching you in beta. I was like, oh, damn, he's got three digits on his rank. Like, that's cool. I'm over here in 30Town at the time, whatever it was when I was picking up the game. So, like, that climb was so cool. And it goes back to your fundamental values. I'm not a participation trophy kind of guy. I think... Things should be really tough, and at the top of the top, if you commit the time, then guess what? You, 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 you get rewarded because you, you're you the best at what you do or whatever, right? And so there needs to be a game mode for sweat, for casual, and that's where rank shouldn't matter. If you're 60, that's awesome, and, and like, good, that's great, be, be 60. But for those that want to push further, it needs to be something that holds a tangible... It needs to be something that's like, hey, damn, you're 101 or you're 105. I miss those days. And I do think that they're a bit, uh, in my experience, they've lost the luster there. And, and I, hope, I hope we can get it back. I think they can get it back. But yeah, that needs to come back.
0: One of the striking things to me is I have been noticing that they're working on the bot AI. Like they're different and slightly better disguised now and it's mm, like why, why are you investing time into this
2: i've actually like, noticed why are you
0: constantly why are, well no 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 th- what what you're noticing is you're getting throwbots yeah yeah exactly they've been that's more, what you're noticing but that's not the same thing though yes bots. there's you get throwbots now previously you would have never seen one of those uh when they did the latter revamp or uh, the one the one after the season that everything broke Mm. Uh and everyone just stayed in like 200 or whatever the first season of Conquest
2: everyone I um, mean
0: you was... <laughs> What the fuck? Do you mean me? <laughs> what the fuck?
2: <laughs> everyone. <laughs>
0: everyone I know, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh no, uh and people just stayed up there, right? And so there was like the the, the thing the thing that really strikes me about it where I really notice a disconnect between myself and other people mm. is People complain about the cheating bots not because, you know, they're bullshit, which they are, but because they always lose to them. And that is crazy to me because, yeah, they're filthy cheaters, but also I probably have like a four cube rate against them. Like they are filthy cheaters, but the more you know about the game, the easier they are to absolutely farm. And you don't even have to know how to beat a bot. You just have to know, like, what do I lose to? Right? And like that, that is actually one of the things that like really struck me about this, because like if you're someone who is I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. And I probably can't come up with a good way to phrase this, so I'm just gonna phrase this uh bluntly and probably offensively. If you're someone who is not good enough to beat up on these bots when they cheat, then you're gonna look at this and you're gonna say, the game is cheating. The game is scamming me. They are making me have a bad time so that I spend money so I can beat these bots. Mm. And I think they really need to take a look at that. That's my honest answer, right? Like, Because, like, like, instead of seeing the bots as like, oh, this is a challenge for me to overcome, that is very easy to overcome. Uh, It is actually the game giving you free cubes. But instead, it is seen as, you know, robbery. And that is, I think, one of the things that... Like, it,
2: it ain't good. I wanna, I, I, oh, go ahead. I just want to touch on something you said when you talked about Infinite losing sort of it's, its appeal, right? I think that for some reason, they seem to have taken or they, they kind of strip away at what I would consider to be aspirational content in Marvel Snap, And the only thing that exists right now I do think is Infinite... Well, Obviously, there's levels to it, it's whatever play play level you're at. And I know I'm going to get flamed for that as well. But, you know, they just have the infinite borders right now, which doesn't feel that rewarding to get Oh, I have five infinite borders. I have six. It it just, it feels kind of redundant after the first one where previously I felt like ladder had a bit more of a meaning. I felt like I was achieving something every month. Maybe that's because of the artificial, artificial difficulty I was running into, et cetera. But it just feels like they've taken their soul out of their ladder experience right now, where it's now when the season resets, I literally just have to go through like the seasonal chore of beating bots. You know, now it's like 20% players or something like that. That just doesn't feel like what Ranked is supposed to be, and I know that the past, sort of the past iterations of Ranked were all wrong in their own ways, right? You know, we had all kinds of crazy things, but it's a. It feels weird for me that they've taken what is labeled Ranked and is their core game mode, is their sit down for three minutes and have a game, and they've seemed to just flood it with bots and made it something is like tick these boxes, get these rewards, and then on to Conquest if you want to
1: yeah like first of all it's crazy to think that like i've talked to people that haven't gotten any bots on their way up right like plenty of people so there is a weird like it's the uh you know we're gonna feel what we feel because that's what we're going through and we shouldn't be going through that right to me it's interesting that like listen they got dope soundtracks man when you click battle i think we could all hear the little like uh do do you know what i'm saying a little bit longer the player base isn't the base is huge, Gary. I can tell you. It's a big player base, so there shouldn't be a lot of reason why the bots are so popular at the moment. It's a very interesting thing. Global matchmaking is going to help with that. But to me, it's just like, the games are so short, you can have a default of after blank seconds, which everyone's going to have their own time. They're willing to wait, whether that's 10, mm-hmm. 15, 20, 30, 10 minutes. I don't know. Then you can play a bot. It is the way that I would look at it and what I wish it would happen because it's an interesting... I don't know. I, I could just tell you the player base is healthy still, very healthy from my experience. And so it, I don't know why it's... I think what happened is Conquest came out. They were like, okay, we're scared that too many people are going to be doing that. So we need to help out ladder by flushing bots in and the algorithm. They have a lot of people on PC release. That's what they're doing. And then that's kind of what we're left with right now.
0: I'll tell you my theory. Uh, I think they know that players beat bots and I think they're doing it to make it easier.
2: Yeah, I mean feeding this like uh, this game loop of winning at some sort of so the thing that I hate the most about some modern day gaming, um, especially modern day card gaming, is this idea where they algorithmically feed you some experience where you get close to fifty percent or sixty or seventy, like that for me, especially in a player versus player card game, which is what these card games. I mean, I guess that's what their core ethos is. When you get start when you start to get fed this algorithmic experience to just trigger your lizard brain to feel like you're successful, but you're losing the right amount. So it's not too easy when companies and publishers, when they start to manipulate that and change that experience, it, it kind of undermines the entire game for me. So it it really surprises me. I guess I'm saying it surprises me, but maybe it doesn't surprise me. Maybe that's what they're going for. You're trying to keep you sort of on the game loop, make sure you're winning, make sure you're having a good experience. I think what they're trying to avoid at all costs is a mismatch in any shape or form, whether it's collection, skill, etc as they want it to be matched as close as possible or they want to put you in a game that you're just going to win
0: I, I mean don't. right but like I think the issue is the bots that are there that cheat
2: they're a mismatch the other way yeah because they you're, you're right I mean like I said I've been encountering more throwaway bots but for the cheating bots Casual players probably hate cheating boss more than they, you know, we could we could rewind six months ago right. where people would play against KM right. and they were in gold or something and they would complain. Right. Cheating bots like I, worse.
0: I, I am, and I, I wear this badge with pride. Mm. I am probably the only person in the Marvel snap creator program that posts in the main discord. <laughs> like, I am probably the only one who does that. I have heard though. Cozy one time cozy did it, uh, Someone was like, "I hate cozy's content," and he was like, "Okay," and then never posted again.
1: Uh, I put me too. I happened to be like right oh, there, and too. I saw okay. it. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, that guy sucks." And the guy was like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no. Uh,
0: no." But yeah, like, like I, I actually post in there. I find that it's a way to sort of keep track of. First of all, I mean, I came out of there. There was a time where I had the most posts in that discord. Like I, that is where cam best was born. That's not even like a joke. (laughs) Big time. The
1: flame emoji guy. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, dude, I knew you when you were, you were Kanye. Best. Yeah, I was just a Uh, poster.
0: I was just the, I would put paste bin deck guides on my Twitter. (laughs) That is
1: at my heart.
0: At my heart. I am a poster. Mm. that is like that is the truth so I, I i still go in there even though i think a lot of other creators sort of like look down and it, it's just like oh it's the rabble or whatever it's like it's not the rabble they're no. like people <laughs> like, it's no just, I, I get well, like, yeah,
1: it's not that i i definitely don't view it that way i just don't have time like where yeah, time, i'm, I'm yeah. so i'm so strict with my time that it's just i don't have like i saw something floating around like stealing decks or something on twitter and i was like if i had the
0: time to go through and try to look at other i people, do i'm just i, I had the time crazy. i was involved <laughs> in that conversation i was posting was like that's who i am like i am a poster if you want yeah. if, if you don't want my opinion i will still give it to you i have so yeah. much to say and that's uh, great dude that's that's something you that, that that's what i go back to at the beginning of this
1: podcast or right? that's something that you like you love that feeds you in a sense right in a good way And, and that's, that's, you know, that's, that's super unique and I'll have advice for you, you know, later on or whatever about, you know, uh, time management, things like that. We'll find another
0: time to talk about that. But it's
1: important. It is important that my comment section serves as that, right? I, I, I read every comment. If you go to my videos, I read every single comment someone puts because I am, it's important for me to get that feedback as well, uh, to not be, you know, out, out of touch with, uh, you know, I see the infinite comment. All of a sudden, people are like, hey, Cozy, I- I'm trying to get to 60 over here. And I was like, oh, damn, you're right. That was probably mm. insensitive of myself or whatever. Uh, it, so, yeah, it, it's important to keep no. in touch.
2: Yeah, for those people, yeah, I do it's think it's... The first infinite climb is the hardest after that. I think that's, oh, yeah. that's when you get the bots, by the way. So people who are... I actually in, think the first one's the easiest. The first one's okay. the easiest because you're in pool
0: one and you're playing against people who have no idea what they're doing at least and bots, you're, right? We should play against But then when you... The, the first one in pool three... That's where you get absolutely wrecked because that's when matchmaking oh, yeah. opens up and suddenly, instead of playing against people playing Kazar Zoo, you run into me. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, bad. It's the
1: PUBG uh, royales that you get on your first game. It's all bots. You're like, I'm a god, man. I haven't lost a step in FPS, <laughs> and then that's you're so like, Wait good. a second. Yeah, yeah. You're like, Wait a <laughs> second. You know, Jake ninety seven. I don't know if this guy's real. So it is, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I think bots altogether, though, just need to be limited a lot more. I think
2: we can all agree on that. Yeah, because I want to ask you, because you recently hosted Conquerors, what are your thoughts on what seems to be a slow walk, a crawl maybe, of second dinner, at least in some way starting to support a more competitive scene, a tournament scene, a, sort of a forward-facing you know, Marvel snap arena, right? Like obviously that's not what that tournament was, but it does feel like we're getting more support from, from second dinner behind these kind of tournaments. You know, we have more Twitch rivals, which I know is not directly associated with them, but surely they're, I don't know. I'm assuming they're helping support in some way. It just seems like we're moving more in the direction of this becoming, um, you know, they're becoming a stage for more competitive events, maybe streamers, et cetera. I just want to get your thoughts on that. I saw, Cam, I saw your face. So maybe I was a little bit off base, I can promise
0: you that that event was not intended to be as competitive as it was. Nevertheless, I can promise you that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, it was an organized event, I guess is a, is a step in the right direction. I mean, look at Pokemon Unite, dude. They, they took like two and a half years because they had Pokemon in their name and they didn't want to be competitive because it was kids. And then now they have worlds and it's a huge thing now. Right. But it took them forever to get to that moment. Um, yeah, okay. Hey, listen, I don't speak for anybody. I don't like to speak mm-hmm. for anyone, but I can speak for the guy because I sat with him at a dinner. Uh, ben Brode, I'm like I, I like we talked about that. I'm a I'm big competitive guy, so obviously I was like, dude, I think in person events would be insane to yeah. look at KM in the face and be like, dude, is this dude bluffing? And just KM's just sitting there like cold stone, and you're just like, I have like, dude, I would suck. I, I just be like, yeah, I got a whatever by two deaths in hand. That is going to be Snap has something that nothing else has because of that mechanic to it. So I think that's really interesting. I think people need to remember, uh, A, the scale that it's growing at. B, we're in year one. C, you've got a big company running this, right? And and uh, what they want is going to probably matter the most in some senses. I do think we're on the the path to competitive play, I think. And I I say this carefully, but I do know esports is kind of dying as a whole in some sense. So I think a lot of people are scared scared to jump into something that isn't doing this. It's doing that, whatever, you know, whatever way you look at it. But I don't think it needs to be eSports. I just think that there needs to be some more organizedness around it. Yeah. With mobile and casual being the main focus of year one, we're going to head into PC release. And year two, I think, is going to be a lot more focused of the expanse of competitive play.
2: Yeah, I think that the LAN experience that you can get from playing Marvel Snap, and obviously you could do it with something like Hearthstone, but with Marvel Snap, because of the bluffing aspect, it just feels so much more rewarding. And I think being able to bridge that gap of physical card games, you know, TCGs, and digital card games, um, in a sense, by having lands and playing a game like Marvel Snap, is just such a unique and incredible experience. I've had the pleasure of playing a land of Marvel Snap in the UK over at Kala's Tournament. And it was just... Amazing. One anecdote I have was I was playing against Lambie series. Um, in our match, I was on a phone because the computers were shit and they kept turning off and like, I don't know. I was on a, I was on a phone We're in our last match, it was for four cubes um, and I disconnect. The internet goes out. And I'm sitting there, I'm like spamming trying to get in. I just hear from the other side of the room, no, what the fuck? And I come back in and I've won the match because of some silk 50-50 at the point. But I don't know. It was just so incredible. Even before the match, I remember I had my top eight match versus D-Money and he came over like an hour to an hour and a half before, cause we had a lot of downtime and you know, this a tool deck format is just, oh, I might bring this deck. I might bring that deck. I'm pretty confident, etc. It just, it heightened the experience drastically. Okay. And I think that Marvel snap has a medium, um, that no other kind of digital card game has had where it is like there, there's a tangible effect of playing in person, right? Because you are bluffing, um,
1: it, it, it's marvel it's something to get hyped about the game sells itself i say that all the time i mean you saw ego bink's play was insane I, I will always back up i think snap can easily be competitive i don't care if there's rng elements behind it there is so much not rng behind it, it, it that is is man I, I think it's just so interesting man i, I remember jeff undeniable. brought in
0: thank you. undeniable I, like if you, people give you shit about that undeniable proof I was a really good Magic player. Now I'm a really good Marvel Snap player. Lambie series, yep. elite Hearthstone player. Now, like, there's yep. a reason why, and it's not because it's we're lucky. Like, well, and, it isn't because best, we're lucky, but what I
1: yeah, what I love there's that Infinity Con, like, right? I like going back to this. I remember uh, Jeff was a big bounce guy, right? Jeff brought in this bounce deck that just killed everyone at the moment it yeah. just like it did very well that's what i love about snap you your are ace in the hole is something that you've been holding on to right and you know how to play it people don't know how to play against it and all of a sudden you're probably screwed i can tell you from the conquers event it presents great it's super hype the numbers were fantastic there's no way second dinner didn't see that event mm-hmm. and go hey eh, that was okay uh it was a colossal success and, and i don't speak that because i was uh, you know casting it. i speak that as i i'm huge on analytics i know what to look for and it was a success so i i again km i don't think it was meant to be competitive but what i can tell you was it was successful so <clears throat>
2: marvel yes, snap that is, I, I, marvel snap is a high variance game conquest is not and ten, yeah. you know one game marvel snap is a high variance game 10 games is not, right? It's just like you extend that sample size a bit more, and when you go into Conquest, you're actually doing cube management over those games as well. Um, It is just... It is an inherently high-variance game when you look at it game by game. But you put it into a series, you package it up as Conquest. Absolutely not. The best players of this game win so much more often than they lose. You'd be ridiculous to look at that, look at those results and say it was all luck. It'd be the craziest... I actually... uh I
0: checked my stats the other day mm-hmm. uh, and I was looking at my stats ac- across the conquests. Right. So I'm like 50 percent in improving grounds. I'm like 53 percent in silver. I'm like 69 percent in gold. I'm like 68 percent in infinite. Right. Like it's when like it, I don't think that those kind of numbers are like an accident. Right. Where it's like, oh, well, here is the mess around ranks and here is where people actually try. And that doesn't happen by accident. Those numbers aren't just some just me getting lucky. The luck, of course, is that people want to watch me and hear me play about this game. But it on that note, cozy, I believe you are time limited here. So I do want to start wrapping up, if that's all right with the two of you. I know Brendan can't actually see messages on Discord. I, yeah. I
2: can't, can, but I saw I saw that 10:29 switch to 10:30, and I got I got, uh, I got yes. ten. We can we,
1: can, uh, we can have a ten minute countdown. ten minutes. Uh, okay, uh, right.
0: that's I just fine. want to make sure. I, I, I appreciate like to that. Yeah. people's time if I can. Uh, go, go listen,
2: ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna no, ask I, you some hard questions. So go ahead. Oh,
1: wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would just say this. Yeah, I think conquest the reason why everyone loves. It is exactly what you said. They're two different things. You're mastering two different things. I, as a person that loves weird synergy, unexpected plays, and crazy things happening, is why I love conquest. You're able to have that. You're able to look at something, say, "I'm out." It, it perfects the skill you've been practicing in ladder. Whereas ladder's like, "Here's a deck, I don't have Cosmo. I'm, goodbye. Like whatever. <laughs> like you know." So it just like it just depends on what you're looking for. It's why I'm not a big proponent of sideboards at the moment. But I, it's mm-hmm. just uh, it it it's. Everyone's going to have their own opinion, but that's why I think Conquest is the best because of that reason, but it's also not exactly what Marvel Snap was built to be. But anyway, I digress. What's up, uh, Bryn?
2: So both you and KM are committed at this point. You're full-time content creators for Marvel Snap. I just want you guys to paint me a picture of what the future of this game looks like. Maybe one year, two years where are we going? Where are we headed? What, what is your vision, right? Because you guys have committed your livelihoods to this game at this point. What do you see the future as?
0: Ooh. So, first okay. of all, I don't think I've committed my livelihood to this game. Uh, I think that I, like, okay, worst case scenario, everything goes terribly. I learn a ton of things about running a business. I learn a ton of things about content creation. This is still a very powerful line on my resume. Like it, like that is the worst case scenario for me is it doesn't work out and I can go into my next job interview or use this to get into a space that I, that was previously inaccessible to me. Right. So I, I want to be, I want to be clear on that. Uh, When you say like it's bet on Marvel snap, I think it's more bet on me. It's bet on what I do than it is bet on the game. Right. That said, in terms of where this game can go, I, I, I have no idea. I think the range of outcomes is so large, the range of potential outcomes. There's so many different things that could happen. Obviously, I want to do what I can to make sure that range of outcomes is, you know, we end up trending towards the positive there. But I am limited in my ability to do that. So what I'm going to do is do right by my viewers. That's as far as I can take it, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, to talk on the first point, uh, first game I've started playing when I got into content creation, it was a lot of fun, it was great. The game was dying, but I also was sick of it, and I'm not going to play anything that I'm not into. Right? I can't, I, I, you lose the core step of what I started this podcast with. You're not passionate about it, you're just, it's gonna, your stuff's gonna suck, it's gonna be obvious. It's the same with NFL, it's the same with mm. sports athletes, it's all of it, right? However, um, I was, I sworn off gaming, guys. I swore off gaming. I did variety content. Uh, it, there's a creator named Ludwig. I entered his competition yeah, yeah. for next best content creator. I ended up be a doing a boxer that. too. You a
2: little chess yeah, boxing? Yeah, let me
1: tell you. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. I got to have KM be my coach. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I did that and I was on the variety train and I was trending up. And then my damn brother introduced me to Snap and, and, and I got back in the gaming YouTube world. So I would, uh, you know, uh, I definitely will be branching out eventually again uh this is just what i love to do at the moment however what i will say is with snap um it depends on a lot of factors like you said things outside of its control what i will say is that it is the premier digital easily uh card game and yeah. and, and nothing's going to come close in my opinion uh, i think the other ones happen to be at the end of their life cycle or getting near that which is unfortunate for them i'm sorry but it's uh and not saying they're bad games i'm just i You can just look at numbers. I'm very analytical driven. You can look at that. It's pretty obvious. Snap has momentum. Uh, Out of their control, Marvel. Uh, Listen, the biggest uh, Star Wars game I was playing blew up every time a Star Wars movie came out. That was a banger. Because when you see Darth Vader kill people, you want to kill people as Darth Vader. It's just how people play these games. So if Marvel continues to get their shit together, this game will keep exploding too like, Loki, guys, don't be surprised to see a big boom. Loki's their best thing. If Loki does well, you're going to see Loki do well here. That's out of their control, but as Marvel does well, uh, and as they continue to expand their team, their experience, and their marketing, I, dude, I think, Snap's, I think Snap is, is an easy sh- game that's going to grow for uh, an unforeseeable
2: future. I actually think the Marvel I mean, that snap. is
0: that is very as someone who just left their job that is amazing to hear. Thanks, Tozy. I really appreciate it.
2: Wow, Personally,
1: I could be dead wrong, but that's that's uh, <laughs> what I that's from what I've gathered. Yeah,
2: Marvel Snap for me doesn't actually compete very much with a lot of the other digital card games. I genuinely believe they created a new genre. Of game, I think the Marvel Snap yes. is such a drastically different card game, and has optimized in so many in so many key ways that card games are lacking. That I feel like it's just developed a new genre, and others will have to follow. Cozy, I'm sorry to ask you this question. I am actually going to apologize before, but I have to. It's going to be a we're going to zoom out from Marvel Snap. But you said, like you said at the beginning of this podcast, and we're going to tie it all back up. If you're not passionate about something, what's the point? And you can't do it. Or don't force it. Don't be. You won't be successful. Kind of. What do you say to people that? have are having trouble finding that passion they haven't found that thing or maybe they found it and then two three months it left them the passion left them at what point does it just become discipline over passion or is it always passion and if again Mm -hmm. there's two questions there discipline versus passion and also people how do they find the passion how do they find what they're passionate about
1: yeah oh man finding your passion i think is like one of the core things of life right so it's a very it's a very interesting subject to go into you can have different passions at different times uh, as YouTube as a whole, the biggest thing I see, and I can't tell you how many creators I could literally say him, 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 and him, uh, are doing this because they want to be big and they want to make money. And that's pretty much it. Or it was a new game. They tried it. They didn't get successful. They didn't get the views they left. And that's kind of how it goes. It's obvious when you're not passionate and it's more, uh, head driven, right? Uh, passion like KM, I knew immediately KM was passionate about snap. Yeah. I could tell immediately. Like I, it's one of was one of my favorite things about yeah, you, uh, again, I yell a lot, you yellow. I'm a yellow too, dude. So that maybe that's passion. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, I'm still out
0: here. I'm still out here. Like going every time I galactus somebody like it's, it's yeah. been out for almost a year and I'm still yeah. doing that for sure. I think goal
1: setting though is a huge piece, right? So that's where discipline comes in. If you have goals then you'll be yeah, have disciplined to, to reach said goals, right? The hardest thing about passion is if you're not somebody that usually has hobbies or passion, it's harder to find it. So like, if you've had hobbies, if you are a weightlifter, and then now you, you, you've already committed to something, you, you were able to start from ground zero, you got good at it, and that's how passion kind of develops. Naturally, find something, find those two things. I'm telling you, everyone thinks, I don't have the one or two things I'm, I, I'm good at. I'm, I'm not good at anything. Hey, it's bullshit, all right? It is bullshit. You can look at yourself and say, man, I'm a really good cook hey, maybe I should look into cooking classes and then maybe I'll meet some people there and then, hey, maybe I wanna try to do a family cookbook. Fuck it, let me just do that, right? And then maybe I push that and let's try eBooks. That's gr-. It's finding that one thing and then it's not even discipline. You won't need it as much because it's so easy to do and that's YouTube and content creation for me. I got lucky. It's something that I love to do. I'm obsessed. I couldn't work 15 hours a day if I didn't have it. So it's it's finding that that tick that makes you excited.
0: That's a great place to end it, in my opinion, because that is an uplifting message. And I, I, I will say content creation scratches that itch for me because if I were not streaming my Marvel snap gameplay, (laughs) I would just be playing it and biting my own fingernails off. (laughs) I, off. (laughs) I don't think people understand there's like this. I don't even know. I don't even know the right way to say it, but like when I play off stream, I don't know if I can show you my fingernails. Mm. Look at how absolutely hey, tiny what's these up, are. Brother? Yeah, They're yeah, completely yeah. demolished, right? Like that is. And when I play on stream, it is easier. I mean, I'm a worse player, but I am more able to feel the fun of a game like this, and I am yeah. just eternally grateful. Mm.
2: Cozy, yeah, I, I want to if you have one thing to say, I just want to give you time before we close out um, to shout out where people can find you. Of course, your YouTube, your Twitter. Um, I don't know if you want to shout out your new organization. I saw that you're wearing the jacket over there. I uh, just want to give you the floor.
1: Oh man, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, you, guys, look at the end of the day, community, right, is what's big for me at least. And so there's a lot of communities out there. You can join mine uh, if you're if you're into weightlifting and. and and slicking back the hair in competitive gameplay, you got KMs right? Uh, hey, the hair man.
0: Did you hear me? What about, your, I mean, hair? your What? You are the worst person to talk to about this because like you <laughs> have hair that's better than mine. Like, we're, like, we're, like, I don't understand why people don't talk about you when they bring up hair. I don't get it. You're known for the sense. hair man. It's, 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 it's not it's fair. Your, uh, it's unfair. To, They're unfair uh, to you.
1: I appreciate it. I do. You know, but so find a community that that's big on you. We've got teachers and Alex that do this game. We've got people that were YouTube icons and molt. And then the, the, there's so many different kind of people. And so find what it fits you. If you like people that don't shut up, try be- decks that probably suck. Uh, and then you can come check uh, out my content. But uh, yeah, guys, it was a, it was a pleasure. You guys are, you guys are great. This was uh easy conversation came. I think we said this before on my side, when we had you on, we could do this for another couple hours. And I think we wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, Everyone's it's one of those things. Voice.
0: Every one of our guest steps runs long, which is yeah. why I was so like, "All right, guys, we have to stop this," because <laughs> our guest steps always run long. And obviously, I'm always cool with it, but I try to respect, you know, people like, "All right, you got it. Right. I got, I got a kind of a limit here." So, cozy. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure we'll find some some time to talk uh, a little bit more one on one at some point in the future. But I am always, I always come away with more energy. We talk about things that take energy mm-hmm. and talk about things that give energy. When I talk with you, it gives energy, oh. and I think that is a big part of why you are where you are in this ecosystem, and uh, it's much appreciated.
1: I appreciate that, man. Just a, just a guy at the end of the day, and that, that that's a huge compliment. That's a unique compliment too, KM, and I, and I don't get that often, uh, and so I appreciate the uniqueness there. And uh, yeah, man, I did. I was told i talk too much as a kid now look at me look at me <laughs> teacher say. in second grade yeah 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 so uh good stuff guys good good
0: good stuff is the podcast is this it is this the end no, i'll
2: close it out so for that, the, yeah. we're,
0: we're cutting no, over cutting it we're cutting it right where ah. he says is this the end <laughs> yeah let's do it dude that's the best the cool finishes guys but right, uh it's
2: done. <laughs> yeah good it's done hey, get, is this hey.
0: the end it's done